0: I'm Amanda Olberg, Managing Editor of Education Next. We invite you to join this week's Education Next podcast, available online Wednesday morning each week at educationnext.org. The school field trip has a proud history in American public education, but is it becoming a thing of the past? Comprehensive data on the number of field trips are scarce, but a range of indicators suggest that schools have cut them back sharply. And when schools do arrange field trips, many use them to reward students for academic success rather than to provide cultural enrichment, heading off to amusement parks, sporting events, and movie theaters instead of museums, theaters, and historical sites. Should we be concerned about these trends? What will students miss out on if they continue? I'm Marty West, Editor-in-Chief of Education Next, and my guest today is Jay Green, distinguished professor and head of the Department of Education Reform at the University of Arkansas. Jay is a frequent Ednex contributor and the author of The Educational Value of Field Trips, an article that appeared in the winter 2014 issue of the journal, but remains month after month one of the most widely viewed articles in our archive. Jay, thanks for taking the time to join me today.
1: Well, thanks for having me on the podcast.
0: So there's a lot I want to discuss with you, including your ongoing work on this topic, but let's start by looking back. This research marked something of a departure for you as a scholar. So what led you to look at this topic in the first place?
1: Sure. I mean, in some ways, it really is a big departure, and it happened uh, sort of by accident. Um, Crystal Bridges opened up uh, in northwest Arkansas. It's a major art museum uh, funded largely by Alice Walton, Um, and they approached me, uh, the people at Crystal Bridges, about doing some sort of evaluation. Um, And so that... That drew me into a topic that I am not particularly expert at and and had not previously done any work on, but in some ways it's actually quite consistent, I think, with with past work in that I've always been interested in – the broad purposes and, and diverse uh, uses of education. And part of my interest in school choice really stems from that. Uh, not choice as an efficient mechanism for identifying the right way to educate, but choice as a way for allowing people to pursue different visions of education, different priorities, including the arts. Uh, and so that, that topic then attracted me for that reason.
0: And what's most unique about your research in this area relative to other work on field trips, I think, is that you've paid careful attention to issues of research design. Uh, Tell us a little bit about how you put together the first evaluation of Crystal Bridges.
1: Sure. So at Crystal Bridges, uh, they had an endowment to bring school groups for free. Uh, It actually paid for uh, admission for free for all the school groups, but also reimbursed the schools for the buses, even paid for uh, a uh, substitute teacher back in the school. So it was a completely free experience for the schools. So schools really wanted to go, um, not only because it was free, but because it was uh, a very exciting thing to have a world-class museum open in an area that had never had one. So almost 40,000 Uh, students um, were part of school groups that applied to go the first semester on field trips. and The museum simply could not accommodate all of them. And what I did is I, I saw that as an opportunity to randomize which school groups would come Right away, and which school groups would have their tours deferred to a later semester, and by randomizing who uh, came and who uh, would come later, we were able to create um, a very nice randomized control trial with with uh, you know virtually identical treatment and control groups, uh, other than whether they had this field trip experience, and that allowed us to to make very strong uh, causal claims, um, and it is different from past work. Uh, about field trips and and about uh, museums, which generally rely on observational and not randomized uh, research
0: designs. And what type of outcomes are we talking about here when you tell us that there's educational value to field trips? I assume you're not looking at impacts on state test scores.
1: Right. And that is another difference is that a lot of prior researchers have focused on how the arts might affect math and reading test scores. And that's a little bit you know looking in the wrong place that's not what what the arts are trying to do and so that's missing much of what they actually may be doing if if you're looking in the wrong place so instead what we did is we tried talking to the museum educators and finding out what they think they were accomplishing and then coming up with measures or adopting measures that that captured those things and they largely have to do with um, critical thinking skills, um, values like tolerance and empathy, and um, and future consumption habits uh, related to the arts, so coming back to museums in the future. So those were the kinds of outcomes that we focused
0: on. And why do you think a field trip would be a good strategy to improve those outcomes?
1: Well, um, so a culturally enriching field trip is really a broadening experience. It takes students from often narrow worlds and exposes them to a much bigger world. And when they're exposed to a bigger world, they gain some appreciation for the diversity uh, of that bigger world and uh, more understanding of it. Um, And that's why we think uh, we would see uh, these value outcomes and, in fact, that's precisely what we do find. Um, when students by lottery are assigned to go on a field trip to an art museum, they score higher on, on tolerance and historical empathy measures. Um, they also uh, score higher on measures of their desire to return to museums in the future. And, in fact, we, we even tracked that behaviorally. We gave students coded coupons, and we could see that the students who by lottery went on a field trip used the coupons at higher rates to come to the museum in the future future.
0: Now, you went on from this initial study of Crystal Bridges to also look at the effects of field trips to uh, theater performances, as I recall. Uh, and there's another article in Education Next, Learning from Live Theater, in which you talk about those results. Uh, how did that work build on your initial study?
1: Right. So that's the same idea, is is to look at a different kind of cultural activity uh, to see if it produced similar outcomes. And in fact, it did. So we've now done five plays, uh, where we've given free tickets to school groups by lottery. Um, The first two plays were, the results were in that Ed Next article you described, Uh, but we've done three more since, and in fact improved upon the design so that we now are um, uh, randomly assigning students to um, see a movie, see a play or be in a control condition so that we could see if live theater is producing something that, uh, a recorded performance does not provide.
0: And is a movie just as good? I mean, I recall watching a lot of movies as I was reading plays or books in, uh, high school.
1: Yeah. A- interestingly, it is not as good. <laughs> um, uh, not even close. Um, it, it, so we, Here we're measuring um, uh, some knowledge outcomes, so so how well students can recall the plot and vocabulary from the work, um, as well as value outcomes on tolerance. Uh, We also added in a uh, measure of social perspective taking, which we think is capturing kind of how the tolerance result is produced. Uh, That is, students can more easily see someone else's perspective and uh, and when students, by chance, see a movie of Twelfth Night, for example, they do not learn the vocabulary or plot as well as if they see the play, and they uh, also don't experience any improvement in their tolerance or social perspective taking, but they do if they see the, the live play instead of the movie.
0: Why do you think that might be the case?
1: So. I think there's something important about in-person experiences, and especially in, in as education is, is pursuing online learning, we need to think carefully about uh, what in-person experiences might be able to do that, that, that digital experiences might not. Um, human beings are social creatures, and we react to other people who are in front of us um in a way that we don't uh to recorded presentations of people or or digitally projected uh images of people.
0: Interesting. So you think this actually might shed some light on why it's been so hard to find ways to make online instruction I do. Effective? I
1: do. I th- I think that that um education is largely about motivation. Um it's not simply about about uh... making information available if that were the case almost all of human knowledge is available for free on the internet and we'd we'd be brilliant uh... the the challenge is getting people to be motivated to acquire that knowledge and that comes from a social interaction a social exchange between a you know a teacher and a student, and so these in-person experiences might be quite important for motivation. Now that doesn't mean that we can't figure out strategies for doing this in a digital environment, but it it is a challenge.
0: So Jay, I want to talk a bit about how this research has been received in different communities in the education sector. I imagine among advocates of arts education and of museums and theaters in particular. Uh, this has been welcomed?
1: Yes. Um, uh, there's. I, I was quite surprised, actually, at how uh, enthusiastic many people in the arts were about these findings. Um, it was featured in the New York Times, NBC News. Um, there was a lot of attention for it. Uh, it's a little bit surprising because some people in the arts um, uh, said, well, you know, that's obvious. Of course, we already knew this. But one of the important things about doing rigorous research is that it's a way to prove things that people might suspect but not know for sure. And I think this helped provide confirmation for the kinds of things that many people in the arts suspected were true. But it was also a useful um, response to some people in the arts who believe some results too easily. So there are claims about benefits of the arts that people in the arts believe that are not well supported by rigorous research. Uh, things like that it improves math and reading test scores. Um, and, and so this, I, this research, I think, was a way of communicating to people in the arts that they should be paying attention to the quality of research design and make claims that are, that are more uh, connected to, to rigorous research.
0: And what about schools and other educators? Is, do you think this is changing their perspective at all on the role of field trips, maybe reversing some of those trends that I noted at the outset? I, you know every every
1: study makes only a very marginal difference in our very large education system, and that's that's probably as it should be, right? The world shouldn't change. Overnight, uh, based on you know single study or two studies, um, but I think it's it might be turning the tide um, on both an obsession with math and reading test scores as the exclusive goal of of schooling, um, and and making people think a little bit more about whether schools have multiple purposes and that people might have legitimate differences and what priorities they give to those different purposes including cultural activities in the arts as well as math and reading test scores
0: well jay i agree that no one study should change how we make all decisions in american education but if any one study should be influential i think this uh has an argument for being part of that conversation so thank you for giving education next the opportunity to publish it and thanks for taking the time for a conversation today thank you my guest today has been Jay Green. You can find his articles on the educational value of field trips and learning from live theater on the journal's website at educationnext.org. You've been listening to the EdNext podcast. If you like what you've heard, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts so that you don't miss an episode. Thank you for tuning in to Education Next's weekly podcast, released every Wednesday morning. For more on education reform, visit us online, educationnext.org.